How can an understanding of behavioral economics help big business and the finance industry? Joining me down the line to discuss is Dan Ariely, author of Behavioral Economics Save My Dog to Discuss. Dan, ethical investing has become a thing, or at least some companies are using it as an attractive sales tool. Is there merit in this? I think so. So basically, you know, there are kind of two ways to think about the investing. There's a way to say, I've allocated a particular amount of money to investing now and go and maximize it and optimize it and do follow my risk attitude. The other question is, how much money do we put in long-term savings? Actually, that's the bigger question. The thought is that if we are doing something that we actually find useful, uh, we might be willing to sacrifice more today. We might be willing to reduce our consumption a bit to put more money uh, for the future. And I think ethical investing is one of those things that make it, make it more sensible for us to say, we'll give up something now for the benefit in the future. The finance industry has been vilified since the 2008 financial crisis, rightly or wrongly. But do you think there's an element of jealousy of the rich in this? Well, first of all, I think it's rightly. <laughs> and I think that we've villainized them kind of rightly because they deserve to be villainized in the industry, but not so much as individuals. One of the things we find is that we all have a tremendous capacity to rationalize whatever is good for us. So if you take somebody and you put them in a situation where they have bad conflicts of interest, very quickly they will be able to rationalize to themselves why what they're doing is actually good. Imagine you take a journalist and you give them all of a sudden $10 million a year based on their viewership or something like that. How many weeks would it take you to basically say, I deserve that salary, maybe I deserve even more. Maybe you know, a couple of, uh, of weeks you'll, you'll be able to do it. So I think we're correct to villainize the industry. I think we're wrong to villainize the individuals because the solutions that we need to come up with are on the industry level and not on the individual level. And then does jealousy uh, play a part of this? Of course it does. Because some of those people are incredibly wealthy, and we think that this money has left us and gone into their pocket, uh, we feel incredibly bad about it. It's said that consumers are the ones to look towards to judge how an economy is faring. So surely an understanding of behavioral economics could really help policymakers. You know, policy is basically a tool to change behavior. If there's something that people do perfectly well, why do policymakers need to intervene? The problems come when people make mistakes, either as citizens, as consumers, or as business owners, and so on. So if you have a wrong theory of the person, and you implement a policy based on that wrong theory, what are the odds that the policy would be successful? Very, very close. So I think it's an essential tool for, for policymakers at all levels. And how can big business use behavioral economics to understand its client base and streamline its services to capitalize? If you think to yourself, what is interesting for my customers? How do you understand? You're coming up with a service, and the question is, to what degree is this service or product fit with what people are interested in. Think about something like Facebook. Uh, Facebook has a tremendous understanding of something that people want to do multiple times a day, sometimes many times a day, sometimes we might say too many times a day. But they, they do understand something that people really want and crave and how to develop this habit within uh, people. On the other hand, you look at banks and you say, how much do banks really understand uh, human behavior. What, what do they understand? The answer is actually very, very little. But every time you're offering a service to somebody, the better you understand their psychology and their motivation, the more suited your service or product will be for them. And looking at this as a whole, how can this medium really help financial markets and economies? Well, I think there are many places to think about where it fits with uh, finance. Of course, one of them is risk attitude. When we come to invest money for people, we 
try to measure the risk attitude, and then we try to optimize for them. But do we truly understand, do we truly understand people's risk attitude? The answer is no. We do some stupid surveys about it, and we don't understand people's risk attitude in the right way. Another way is to help people think about what trade-offs are reasonable. Every time that you save money, it's a trade-off between now and later. How do you get people to make these trade-offs in a better way? Then, of course, there's fear and panic. Fear and panic are uh, emotional reactions. People get afraid. The stock market fluctuates, goes down a little bit, and people take many actions that are against their long-term best interest. How do we understand that and design things that, uh, so that this, on the individual level, doesn't happen as much? All of those things are basically about understanding very, very basic human behavior and psychology. Well, finally, behavioral economics, could it perhaps be applied to regulation? First of all, we can apply it to regulators, right? It's kind of interesting that when you look at your individual behavior, you say, you know what? I make lots of mistakes. I overeat, I undersave, I've text and drove at some point. But when we come to do things about people in general, we all of a sudden assume that people are perfectly rational. What if we truly understood what are the cognitive and uh, social and emotional limitations that people have and designed around that? You know, think about something like texting and driving. You can say, nobody would ever do something stupid like this. Or you could say, yes, people do that a lot. You know, in the US, there was a regulation that it became illegal to text and drive. What happened? More people died from texting and driving. How come? Instead of texting over the wheel, they started texting under the wheel, make it more dangerous. If you don't understand what really are the little nuances of people's behaviors, uh, not only you would not know what to regulate, you would regulate in a way that is ineffective. <music>